Hey, Pastor Zach here from the Grove Church, and I'm just excited that you are either streaming or have downloaded a sermon right here from TGC. Um, we're excited that you're here and just excited for you. I pray that it blesses you. But before we do get started, I just one thing I want to chat with you about. One thing I just want to really just plead with you that this would not replace you joining in with God's covenant people um, through the local church. I pray that this would be only supplemental to your growth in Christ and would in no way replace you joining regularly with God's people, sitting under your pastor and serving your brother and sister in Christ. And so if you're local to TGC, I just want to extend the invitation for you to come and join us. We're here every Sunday, 10 a.m., downtown Spruce Pine, right on Lower Street. We would absolutely love to have you. If you're not local, then I just ask and pray that you would find a local body of believers who love Jesus, preach the Bible, and is a place that you can both serve in and find community with. After all, this is God's plan to push back what's dark in the world. The local church is to be a light, and we pray that you would find that. I hope that this sermon blesses you. May God bless you as you listen to the proclamation of his word. Thank you, Adam. Good morning, church. That was beautiful. I'm so proud. Um, hope everyone's doing well. Uh, we are in the middle of our sermon series called Family Traits. Uh, and so what we decided to do was take a little bit of the summer and just kind of go through the uh, mission statement of the Grove Church and really why we exist, why we're here. And so we spent uh, the whole first week talking about we exist for the glory of God, that God is for God, um, God is for his glory. Everything he does is for the praise of his glorious name, um, and, and, and that's what he does. And that's really good news for us, because as we enter into glorifying God in all that we do, we find joy. Um, that's how God created us. God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. And so, so that's incredible news. We talked about that for a whole week, and then we started talking through uh, the, really the four words that we focus on here, the gospel, saturated worship, community, service, and multiplication. So we talked about worship last week um, and how all that we do, we, do, we, we should do for the worship of, of the Lord. That uh, worship is not an hour on Sunday mornings of us coming here and, and singing songs and, and listening to preaching, but worship is that. And it's every other hour of the week. It is laying down of your life, sacrificing your life, being a living sacrifice, Romans 12 would say, um, and saying, Lord, here I am. Here's my life. It's yours. What would you have me do? How can I glorify you in all I do? And that's worship. And so today we're going to talk about community. Um, not, the, uh, not the TV show about uh, community college. We're going to talk about community, uh, and it's, it's a really funny TV show. I'm not sure if it's appropriate or not, but it is funny. Um, but we're going to talk about community in the sense of Christian community and really community. And the idea of community is something that none of us can escape. Um, everyone, we, 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 we form community. And I think the best way I've heard to describe this is to think about high school or if you're homeschooled, think about like high school movies that you've seen. Um, is that there's just, there's these cliques, right? There's communities within high school. You have, like, the jocks and you have the cheerleader, the sports, and you have, I mean, even the people in high school who hate everything like they hate they, they gather together in their own community right so like they they you, you you can't escape community if you hate establishment if you're anti-establishment you will gather around and kind of establish your own community of everyone who hates established things and so you just can't escape community everyone forms community everything ends up forming around in community and the reason why that is is because of the way god created us god 
uh, a quick uh, brief explanation of the Trinity. God has eternally existed in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he's always been in community, a perfect, loving community. When uh, the Bible says God is love, um, and he has been love forever, forever past and forever future, he is love. The only way that is possible is because he's been in this community of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and when in Genesis 1, when God created man, what did he say? He said, let us make man in our image. And so he created man. From the dust of the earth, he created man. He breathed life into him. And, and, then, and then so you have Adam, this man, and, and God brings the whole creative order to Adam so you can name them. And so he, one by one, there's like, here's a lion. Or we didn't have a name for it. Here's this thing that has teeth and roars. And Adam's like, that's a lion. I, Adam got to name all of creation. That's a penguin. That's a, that's a turkey. That's a seal. He got to name it all. And after, through, through, after all that, he was lonely. He, didn't, he did not, out of, after seeing everything, even dogs and cats who we like to make our best friends, God said it is not good for man to be alone. And so what did he do? He put Adam to sleep and he took from his side a rib and created Eve. We were made for community forever. From the beginning, we were made for community. We weren't made to do this life alone. And so community, we can't escape it. Even those who aren't Christians can't escape it because in them, there's this need, there's this sense to be in community with other people. We just weren't made to do this life alone. I had to do my life alone this morning, and it was chaotic. Um, Margie was still getting ready. I had to go get some stuff. Um, so I went to Ingalls, and I took all three of my kids. My wife asked me to take all three of the kids, and I said, yes, sure, I'll do that. Um, and I should not have done that. So, and it's not that I shouldn't be able to. It's just I admit that I'm not, and I need help. I need community to help me. Like, this is how you take three kids to the grocery store. Because I go in there, and it was just a whole bad thing. We were out of communion wine, so I went to Ingalls to try and get communion wine. And apparently in North Carolina, you can't buy wine before 12. I, like, I lived here for 10 years, and I didn't realize that was a thing. I, st I Googled it. I don't understand why. Um, if, you under if you understand it, come talk to me, please. I'm not making a judgment. I'm just saying I don't get it. So talk to me about it. Um, so I couldn't get wine. So I'm a little frustrated. I did get a 24-pack of water um, because you can buy water. And so I took that. I got that because um, I get thirsty. And so I, I'm, I'm going to the car. And we have one of those cars that, like, the doors open automatically. Um, it, the car was a gift to us, so don't, don't judge me. But we have this nice van, and it opens automatically. So I open the back. I open the side. I'm like, hey, kids, to my two oldest, uh, Elian and Sloan, you guys get in the car. And so I, so, they, so I see them start heading to the car, so I grab the water, put the water in the back, hit the button that closes it, turn around to get Valor, and I thank God I did. I looked over my shoulder, and Salome has decided to pull in Indiana Jones and try and get through the back while it's closing, but she's not super fast. <laughs> and so she gets stuck, and the, the thing's trying to close on her, and it takes a lot of pressure for that thing to realize it's, it can't, because it's, like, made to, like, push some stuff in. And so she's just getting crushed. And so, like, I, I turn around, I open that, I get her out, I turn back around. Valor is just careening down the hill <laughs> towards this truck. And I say, oh, shoot. So I run over there, I grab Valor. Salome's by herself in the middle of the parking lot. It was just chaos. And Elium is inside laughing at the entire thing. He's the only person who listened to me and got in the car. And he's just laughing. He's like, Daddy said, oh, shoot. And, like, he's like, I'm going to tell all my friends. And I was like, I don't care. I don't think I did anything wrong. But... If I wasn't alone, that would have been a lot easier. It would have been a lot easier. And not even that, like, I just, my wife takes three kids to the grocery store all the time. So obviously it can be done, but I need community. I need someone, I need my wife to be like, hey, is, 
babe, this is how you take, put Valor in first. Like, just put him in first. Don't leave him in the cart with your back turned. That's not smart. Make sure the kids get in. Don't, like, don't, like, don't turn your back on a closing door when there's kids around. And so there's, I just need help. I need, I need someone to walk me through how to take ki- three kids to the grocery store. Because it's not easy. It's certainly not. And so we, as Christians, we are a part of this community of faith. Because we have what should be the most important thing in our life in common with other Christians. We have the gospel. The gospel unites us. The gospel is what we have in common. And so we are a community of faith. It's not that we should be or that we will be or we need to try to be. We are a community of faith. We are the the church. We have the gospel in common. Those who believe, those who follow Christ, we are part of this community of faith. So what that means is that I have more in common with a 12-year-old girl in, who, in Egypt who loves Jesus than I do my neighbor down the street who wants nothing to do with the things of God. I have more in common with that Egyptian girl because she loves Jesus. We have all things in common when we have Christ in common. Now that is true. It's not something we should strive for or need to work towards. That is true. But some of us, Jesus isn't our greatest treasure, so we form communities around other things. We form communities around fitness. We form communities around our job or our hobbies. And so because Jesus isn't our greatest treasure, we don't really care to commune with the things of God or the people who, who love the things of God because that's not what we, we don't treasure that the most. But God's going to command us to be together, to commune together, to live together. In Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, it says, let us Consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one, toge- one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. Like, the writer of Hebrews is saying, some of you guys are not in the habit of meeting together. Don't neglect to meet together like some of you guys are already doing. Don't neglect to meet together. Come together. So what does that even look like? Well, in Acts, this is how they met together. And all who believed, Acts 2, 44 through 47, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all uh, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread of their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So how often were they meeting together? Day by day. We struggle to get together two times a week. But these people were living all night. So like there's this call, to this radical call to live your life with other Christians because you have all things in common. You, you, you eat together, you go to the temple together, you receive your food with glad and generous hearts, you praise God together, you have favor among the people together, and the Lord's going to add to that day by day. This is what, this is what life was like in Acts. This is what Hebrews was talking about. Don't neglect meeting together. You guys need community. God commands it. it, is, it is, community is the context in which we worship, the context in which we glorify God. So everything we've talked about thus far Glorifying God, being satisfied in God, worshiping God is not to be meant, meant to be done alone. It's meant to be done together within the community of faith. Now, some of you are freaking out because you're introverts. And here's something I need you to know about me. I'm an introvert. And I know people are like, you're an extrovert. You're up there every week talking. Man, I totally get that, but I think you misunderstand what an introvert is. I would much rather be alone. Like, I love being alone in my house, reading Reading is a really lonely hobby, like, because you don't really do it together like you did in grade school anymore. 
I like, I, I wanna, if I'm going to binge on Netflix, I'm not doing it with a bunch of friends, I'm doing it by myself. Like, I, I am just naturally bent towards being home alone. My wife has to drag me outside to get me outside among other people. It's true. She can tell you, I am introverted. I have to fight my natural inclination to be an introvert, to enter into community. Why? Because I know I'm not going to find joy in, my in, in being alone. I'm going to find joy about re- being around the people of God. See, we have this lie where we think, well, I was just, God created me an introvert, so obviously that's part of, of God's character, and it's good to be alone. No, no, no. Like, you, the thing we have to understand is we have the flesh. Our desires aren't going to line up with God's desires all the time. And so maybe it's not that God created you this way. Maybe your flesh is pushing you towards isolation, and you need to run into community. Because that's what God would have. That's where God's always existed, is in that community. We were created in his image. We can't believe the lie that because God put in me this introvert personality that it's okay to just live in that. No, the Bible is full of self-denial. To deny yourself to pick up your cross daily and to follow Christ. And so we can't just believe this lie. Like we were meant to live in community. So let's get to Romans, and I want us to look at what this looks like. Romans 12, 9 through 13, you guys already read it together, but it starts off with, let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. So this is, a, this, is, this is an interpretation from Greek, right? So Romans was written in Greek, and this is one way to interpret this sentence, let love be genuine. It's called a positive interpretation. It's a positive thing to do. You, you're doing something. There is another way to interpret this sentence that it means the exact same thing, exact same words in the Greek, and it means the same thing, but it's what's called a negative interpretation. See, in English, we have like positives and negatives. In Greek, they just say stuff. Greek is very technical. It's just they say stuff. So another way you could translate this that's uh, in the negative is let love be without hypocrisy. It means the same thing, right? Genuine is is the opposite of hypocrisy. So if I'm going to ha- let my love be genuine, I'm also gonna, it's not going to have hypocrisy. But I want us to talk about it in that term. Let love be without hypocrisy. So what is hypocrisy? It's pretending. It's acting. It's pretending to be something you're not. So let your love not be pretend. Let your love be genuine. Let it be without hypocrisy. Like we have to be honest about who we are and where we are and with each other if we're ever going to have a shot at this community. We have to be honest. We have to let our love be without hypocrisy. Not only is this true just because God commands it, like, it's true just on a a factual level where if you aren't honest and real about who you are with other people, you will struggle your entire life to feel loved. Because in the deepest parts of your heart, you'll always have this idea that, well, that person doesn't actually know who I am. There's no way they'd love me if they actually knew the truth. You will struggle forever to feel loved. If you're not open and honest with people, if you're, not, if you're not real about who you are, you'll always think, if they just knew this or they just knew that, they wouldn't love me. And so you'll never feel loved. Being open and honest about where you are and who you are is paramount for community. It's the only way to be loved. It's the only way to feel loved. It's, the, it's like this place has got to be And we say it all the time, but it really has to be true. It's got to be a place where it's okay to not be okay. But the reality is some of us, some of you are are way overly harsh on others. You're just way overly harsh. There's this, just religion in general is this idea that we're better than other people, that you're better than the person next to you. You think the person who comes in here and, and has a past of, uh, of drugs and adultery, like that's not a good person, that's, a, like, that, that person's weird or different. 
Like, you, you can't sit there and have these thoughts of that person's not good enough, that person, I'm better than that person, or, or even just compare yourself to other people. Jesus came to destroy all of that. Jesus would say things like, man, you, you've heard not, don't murder. Well, I tell you, if you harbor hate in your heart towards your brother, you're a murderer. So don't sit there and think, well, okay, so we hear that, but I wonder if we actually believe that's true. Because, like, j- just think about this for a second. If, you, if, if someone who's just convicted of murdering came in here, like, how reserved and careful would you be around them versus the person who's always just hateful all the time? Maybe you, yourself. And you think, okay, I know Jesus said that, but let's, let's be honest. Like, actually murdering someone is worse than hating someone. That's what we'd say. But Jesus is saying, no, that's not true. Jesus said things like, hey, you've heard it, you know, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But what I say is don't even lust. If you've lusted after, if you desired someone who's not your spouse, you've already committed adultery. You were an adulterer. And we think, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I get that Jesus said that. But, like, I know I, I look at porn or I, I have this lust issue, but at least I haven't actually done it. And Jesus is like, no, that's the same thing. So you can't sit there throwing shade on people who've actually committed adultery while you have this lust problem yourself. That's not okay. We can't be overly harsh with people because of their past or what they're doing or what, even, or what they've done or even what they're doing. This place has got to be, community has got to be a place where it's okay to not be okay. Some of you are overly harsh. Some of you have real trouble forgiving others. And that's, that's just, it's, it's, it, it, the reality is that your, your issue with forgiving others comes back to you don't know, you don't think you need to be forgiven for the same things. You don't understand your own, the depths of your own sin. Because it'd be, it'd be a lot easier to forgive someone for, for these things if you realize that you've done the same. And God's forgiven you, and so you can forgive others. And that's the reality of Scripture. The bad news in the Bible is not that God's going to judge your wickedness. The bad news in the Bible is that God's going to judge your righteousness. Isaiah would say your righteousness is as filthy rags. And I don't want to get into what that actually means because it's disgusting. God says your righteousness disgusts me. That's the bad news. So, so you stop comparing yourselves to other people. Because God's going to say, even on your best day, you're not good enough. The day you think you nailed it, you loved your wife, you served her, you were nice to your kids, you went to work and you worked your butt off. On that day, God says, that's not enough. And that's the day he'll judge. You've got to, you've, you, you've got to stop being overly harsh. Now, some of us just need to be open and honest. We're not overly harsh, but we're hiding from ourselves because we're afraid of what others are going to think. We're afraid of what others are going to do with that information. In community, you've got to be open and honest. You've got to not just lay down your shield, but put your shield down and hand someone the sword. That's what this transparency is. That's what this honesty is, is, is being vulnerable and laying down your shield and handing someone else the sword where they could do real harm with the information you just gave them. That's what community is. That's what we need to have. And so, you have to be real. Now, is that risky? Absolutely. Could that go wrong? A hundred percent it could. But it's worth it. It is worth it. To be fully known by others is completely worth it. Because the reality is, it could go wrong, but it hasn't gone wrong with God. God knows. You're not playing games with Him. You're not hiding things from Him. You may think you are, but you're not. 
He knows. He's there when you're sinning. And God loves you. While we were enemies to him, Christ died for us. Not on our good day when we got it all together, but while we were enemies, Christ died for you. And so he knows. He knows how wicked you are. He knows your righteousness is like filthy rags. And he loves you anyway. So what do you have to lose, really? The love of God? No. You don't. You can't lose that. So what do you have to lose by being honest? Now here's what's happening in this room. I, I just have to believe. Some of us hear this and we think, Zach, if you preach like that, people are just going to do whatever they want. If, 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 if it's okay just to be honest about where you are, people are just going to live a life of licentiousness and do whatever they want. They're just going to go out and do whatever they want. And, and, and I'm really glad you guys brought that up because it's literally the next part of the sermon. And then because it's the next part of what Paul says. Paul's not just going to say, let love be with hypocrisy. He's going to say, abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. So that's, this is where we get this idea of it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Let's let love be without hypocrisy, but still let's abhor what is evil. Let's abhor what is evil. And we, we, we need to call people and in, in lovingly enter into people's lives. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. With genuine love, with love that is absent of hypocrisy, we enter into the life of others and we lovingly confront them when they're sinning. And we do, and we understand this. Like if Elian was playing with fire, I wouldn't just stand back and be like, mm, man, I hope that turns out okay. <laughs> but then we do that with our friends, don't we? We see our friends making destructive choices and sin that's just going to destroy their lives. And we just sit back and like, I mean, I really hope the Holy Spirit does something. Well, maybe the Holy Spirit wants to do something through you entering in the hard work of saying, hey, brother, I love you, but sometimes when I'm around you, you kind of snap at your kids, man. I just don't know what's going on there. Like, like the Bible, you know the Bible says this about how you're to love your kids, about how you're to serve your wife. Do you, like, do you know that? Do you see that? And just enter in. And, and here's why I think a lot of us don't do that. We, 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 think, we think the most loving thing to do is just to accept people who they are, and I don't think that's actually why we do it. I think the problem is, is this really big self-love of I'm afraid if I enter in, if I confront this person, they might not like me anymore. They might not want to be my friend, so I'm just going to let them be. And you might not put that into words because you, it sounds wrong saying it out loud, but it's what we do. We're afraid to lose the friendship that isn't even that great of a friendship if we're not willing to enter in to these messy spots of life and help people. And bring people life to the areas of their life, which is dark. So we don't want to enter in because it's this selfish, man, I just hope, I hope that turns out well. I know what they're doing is destructive. I know it's hurting them. But I, oh, man, like if I tell them that, they might, they might not like me anymore. They might not want to be my friend anymore. They might not love me anymore. I really like the way that they like me. But the reality is the most loving thing to do is to enter in and to show them how to glorify their king that they might find the fullness of joy. To rob them of that because of your selfishness is not love. So we speak the truth in love and we enter in and we talk to people. This next part is one of the hardest commands in all scripture. Verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. This is the hardest command in all scripture. I believe that because Paul is telling us to feel a certain way about people. Like, I could do the other stuff. I could, I could be honest about who I am because that's just a choice I make. I could tell everyone my secrets right now. 
I could be honest. I could, I could abhor what is evil right now. I could hate evil, just choose. I don't like that. I could, hold, I could take good and say, I'm going I'm to cling to good. But to feel a certain way about people, and that takes the Holy Spirit. Like, you have to, like, like think about this idea of brotherly affection. Like, when you get close to someone, like, you, you kind of just, like, have this feeling inside, like, you really like them. Like, Paul's saying to feel that way about each other. To feel that way. Feel a certain way. So you can't just take this text and say, you know, oh, fine. You know, if this is what God tells me to do, I'm going to show up at church. I'm going to show up at home group. I, don't, I, I hate being there, but I'm going to show up because that's what I'm supposed to do. No, that's, like, the whole time Jesus in Scripture is like, no, I'm after the heart. Like, I want you to like your brothers. I want you to feel this brotherly affection. It's not just about not hating. It's about loving, feeling a certain way. So to all the, like, the idea that love is a verb, I get that. But, but God is after more than our actions, more than the verbs in our lives. He wants us to feel a certain way. So let's be diagnostic for a second. Do you feel this way towards other Christians? Who do you feel brotherly affection to? What do you have in common with those people? Why do you feel that way? Is it because they're your brother in Christ? Your sister in Christ? Or is it because you have something else in common? Like you really both like running, or you really both like shooting, or you really, really both like hunting, or doing hair, or doing your job, or your hobby. You both share the same job, and so you really just kind of bond over that. Like what are you bonding over with people? How, who do you feel this way towards? This is going to take prayer. Because you can't just change the way you feel. So, man, just, just do, do, some di- do the hard work of diagnosing your heart. How do I feel towards my brothers and sisters in Christ? Do I really treasure Jesus like I think I do? Because if I did, I have to wonder, would I feel love towards people? Would I feel love towards these people if I did? He continues on. Out... Um, so verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. I love this because it, it, I, I, I'm, a, I'm competitive and uh, I feel like this is a competition. Like you just outdo one another with showing honor. Like, like that's just a competition. So you're like, you know what, I'm going to park in that parking lot far down there so everyone else can park close to church. And you're like, bro, I'm going to park at home and I'm going to walk. <laughs> you think, like, that's what I'm like. Well, I'm going I'm to drive to Walmart and hitchhike. <laughs> I'm going to show the most honor. Like this is competition. Like outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another. Like, like, this is like how we are to live. And this, this could actually be fun if we were to enter into this one. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Here's something that, like, like, we just get excited around people who are excited about things. Right? We just get excited about things, about people, to be around people who are excited about things. There's people who I'm hanging out with who just are really starting to get this zeal for the Lord, like they're starting, they want to learn, they're starting to read books, they're starting to figure out, trying to figure out about Jesus, and it's just exciting to be around those people. But there's other people, myself included, God's working on it, who are just cynical by nature. We're just kind of negative, and there's something wrong with everything, and those people are not fun to be around. Be fervent in zeal. Do not be, I'm sorry, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Verse 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Rejoice in hope. See, hope is one of those words that carry a lot of weight with it. Because the idea of hope, of hope is the omission that right now things aren't going the way they, they should be going, right? If I have hope or something in the future, then that's an admission that right now things are not the way they're supposed to be. Things are broken, things are wrong. If there's ever 
an attack in Scripture on the prosperity gospel that God wants everything in your life just to be health you, to you to be healthy, wealthy, um, and have friends and all this stuff. It's here. Rejoice in hope. Why would I need hope if I have my best life now? Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Some, so so he, here's something I think we've done a really good job at. And we've done a good job at a lot of this. I don't want you to hear me, but hear me say we haven't done community well. But here's something I love. We, we started this church a little over two years ago. We planted it in our living room. Um, and there was a couple who were pregnant, and they were excited. And, and, and they, got, they, got, uh, they went to their ultrasound to reveal the, the gender. And they got, they got the ho- most horrible news they could. Is that not only did they not like, really get to find out the gender, is that their baby's not going to live. It's missing a lot of vital organs. They're not growing the way they should. And, and, and you, you're, the baby's going to die at some point. We don't know when. Um, it, it could make it full term, and you could give birth, but it's not going to last because it doesn't have kidneys. It doesn't have these things that it needs. And I got a text at 3 p.m. to pray. They got a bad ultrasound. We don't know what's going on. At 5 p.m., we had like 20 people in my living room just praying for this couple. People just in tears, people with their Bibles open, just reading scripture, just praying scripture, people on their knees. We had uh, some of their parents over at our house. Like, I mean, just within two hours, not me and not Margie, someone else gathered everyone around in our living room just to lift these people up in prayer. We'd be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer for one another. Like, this is community. And as the pastor of a young, fledgling church, my heart couldn't be more saddened but more proud at the same time of how his, how his people responded to their brothers and sisters in Christ. Community gives us hope. We, we, we go through tribulation together. We, go, we, we pray together. Like, there's going to be dark nights. Your life is not going to be just everything you want it to be after you become a Christian. There will be dark nights of the soul. But the cool thing about community is you don't have to go through those alone. You don't have to go through those alone. So rejoice in hope. We're patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So what does all this really look like on the ground? What does this look like at the grove? What does it look like in your life? And there's a couple things that we need to create a culture or environments where we can be honest, where we can be open. We need to build relationships where there's trust built to where I can open up and say, hey, like, here's my life. Here's what's going through. Here's what I'm struggling with. Would you help me? Would you, when you see this flare up in me, would you step in? Because you're going to have to invite people to speak in your life. Like, I, I've invited some men to say, like, you know what? Like, I struggle with these things. When you see them, would you please speak into me? And I have to tell them, when you do it, I'm probably not going to receive it well. I just need you to know that. Like, I'm not going to be super happy that you're speaking my life, but... I am right now, and I will be a couple days later. Be patient with me. Give me time. But would you, would you risk it and enter in? Would you please speak into my life because I need it? You're going to have to ask for this. So find women. Find a couple, couple girls and say, look, here's what I struggle with. Would you be willing to speak into my life when you see these things? Would you be willing to ask me some questions when you see me sometimes and just really try and, try and dig into my life? Men, find a couple men, two Two men, three men, to get together regularly and just talk and say, here's what I struggle with. Would you speak into my life? Like, this has to be done together. I can't be that person for everyone. Margie cannot be that person for everyone. 
It just, we, we just, we won't do a good job of it. We're going to let you down. We're going to have too many. You guys have got to form these relationships together and to love one another to, with brotherly affection, to just be there for one another, to enter in together, and to hold each other accountable, to love one another, to share life with one another. Have people over for dinner. Show hospitality. Like, there's, there, there's, there's just something about eating meals together. And we'll talk more about eating meals when we get to multiplication because I think, I think meals serve a variety of purposes. But as far as community goes, man, eat meals with other Christians. Have people over your house. Go to their house. Go out to dinner. Just spend time with people. Share your hobbies together. Share your, your life together. Have lunch with them. Get to know each other. Just eat. Get some food going. Something about food is just holy, and it just opens up a conversation. So eat food together. Enter in. Do the hard work. Community is going to be hard, but we have to do it if we have any hope of this joy that we're talking about, about glorifying the Lord, because he created us for this. But then we have to create these environments corporately as a church. And so what we've done is we've, we've historically, we've done uh, groups. And so we, we've, we've done Steps, which is a gospel-centered recovery group. And we've done home groups, uh, mostly uh, for, um, in people's homes. And so uh, last uh, spring, I suppose, we had, we had one home group. Um, and it was, it was, inc- it was I, I loved it. Um, we would eat a meal. We would read some psalms and talk about it, and then we read a psalm, rather, and talk about it, and then we'd pray the psalm together. And, 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 and he, here's the one thing I was nervous about, was about, like, people, some people just don't like praying out loud. Like, it's like this weird thing. I think we need to get over it, like, but some people just don't like it. And we went around, and we were there for weeks and weeks, and from the very beginning, like, everyone was just praying, praying for one another, just reading scripture in prayer and praying what David or the psalmist would, would pray, and just, it was, it was awesome. I just loved it. And so, um, August 28th and 29th, we're going to uh, launch home groups again. This time we're starting with two. Uh, we want to create these environments where we can be honest and open, right? And having 20-something people inside of a living room, it's kind of hard to be open and honest. It's almost just like another church service. And so, uh, we're going to launch with two home groups. We have Tuesday nights at 6. They're both in Spruce Pine. Sorry, Burnsville people. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, they're both in Spruce Pine, Tuesdays at 6 and Wednesdays at 6. And so, so I, I mean, home groups is something, if you're a member of the church, like a covenant member of the Grove Church, you, you need to be in a home group. It's part of our covenant to spend time together. So, like, this is how we do it. And so if you're a covenant member, like, I would just urge you, please join a group. If Tuesdays and Wednesdays don't work for you, come talk to us. I'm not saying we'll be able to accommodate this time, but we can talk about future dates and future semesters. Um, but there's a place to sign up right here, underneath this light on this side of the bar. Uh, there's a Tuesday sheet and a Wednesday sheet. Um, you, you put your name and your phone number and just sign up for a home group. So August 28th and August 29th. I think that's a Tuesday and a Wednesday. I'm not good at calendars, but it's like that week. It's in that week. Um, and all you have to do is just bring part of a meal, not a whole meal. Like bring some, bring some cookies, pick some up from the store. Um, we just bring something just to share with other people, and, and, and we'll have, we'll, we'll, we'll get to know one another, we share stories, we read together, we pray together, we eat together. Um, so join a home group, please. This is the environment in which it's, it's, it's fostered here at the Grove Church, um, and friendships have been fostered. We decided to stop doing home groups for the summer to take a break, um, and most people decided that wasn't cool, and so they kind of started their own things, 
Um, and so we got some girls meeting for coffee in the mornings. We got some, some women who meet on Wednesday nights. We got some men who meet on Thursday nights because it's just like we still want to get together. Like we can't just stop this. And so it's been really cool. And so we're going to come back corporately, have two home groups. If you, but I would still encourage groups of like two, three, four women to continue to get together, men to continue to get together and just speak life into one another in a way that you can't do on Wednesday nights. And so um, let, let, me, let me close uh, in prayer. Uh, and we'll, we'll come to the table together. And, and, but I just want you guys to really just feel the weight of this. That like, this is where you enter and this is where you take this faith thing seriously. And it's not going to be easy. We've got things we'd rather do on Tuesday nights. We've got things we'd rather do on Wednesday nights. But like, what does that say? Just what does that say about our tr- what, we, what we treasure? Now, there's going to be nights where you miss. I'm not, we're not being legalistic about this. But I want you to, like what, like, what does it say about us that there's just so much stuff we'd rather do than have brotherly affection for one another, than to live life together, than to meet? We're not asking to be like Acts day by day. Maybe we should. We're not. I don't know. We're asking for one more night a week to enter into community, to spend time with each other, to live life together, and give this thing a shot. It's our only hope in life to find the joy that we need is to enter in the, into this. Um... So consider who you might eat with this week, what day would work best for home group, and how you can foster this community, what kind of things you need to confess to people to help you, and what, um, who those people might be. And be willing to take the risk. It could go bad, but it's worth it. And so let me, let me let's, uh, we'll pray in a second. We'll come up, we'll sing a couple songs, and we'll, we'll have communion, we'll go to the Lord's table. Um, if you're a Christian, this is the opportunity to come and just remember what Christ has done for you on the cross and, and why we're able to have all things in common. Why we don't have to fight and bicker over every little thing and every preference is because we have this in common. We have the cross in common. We have the blood of Christ in, co- in common. So we come to the table and we drink to remember the blood that's been spilt for us as Christians. And we eat to remember that the body was broken, that we might be healed. And this allows us to be forgiven of our sins, to be declared justified, even though we're guilty, that God is still just, and someone paid the price. So come, eat, partake. You can take it up here. There's wine or juice, and there's bread, and go back to your seat, maybe with your family member or by yourself, and just eat and drink. The, um, if you're not a Christian here today, this isn't for you. Um, it's not, we don't want to isolate you or make you feel bad, but this is for the believer. This is for the disciple, the follower of Christ to come. Uh, and, and so, so please don't come to the table. If you're not a believer, if you're not a follower of Christ, please just stay in your seat. You can stand, you can sing, you can sit, you can do whatever else you want. We would just ask that this would be reserved for those who love Jesus, who follow Jesus, um, and have actually, uh, come to the cross and received his grace. And so I'll pray for us and then we'll sing, um, and then we'll close. Father, I just, I just come before you, Lord. I'm just, I'm just so thankful that you created us in your image, God. I'm thankful that you, that, that puts certain desires in us that just can't go away. Believer or not, disciple or not, that can't go away, Lord. That we need this community, Lord, and that you created us in such a way that desires that, Lord. So I pray, Lord, that the Grove would be a place where we find that community. We find that unity around the cross. And we, if we can agree on the gospel, we can put everything else aside and come together and love one another. 
Lord, I pray for those here right now who struggle to feel brotherly affection for one another, that you would just work in their heart, Lord, that you would reveal to them that there's this issue, and you'd work in their heart, Lord, to find that reason why. Do they struggle to forgive those? Do they struggle to enter in? Do they, do they treasure other things more than you, Lord, that you just, the Holy Spirit even now would just would begin to work in their heart, that they may feel that affection for their brothers in Christ, to feel that affection for their sisters in Christ, Lord. Lord, I pray that as we go back to home groups again this fall, Lord, that you would just bless it, that you would just grow it, Lord, that we would grow deeper in our knowledge of you and our knowledge of one another, Lord, and you would form these relationships that would be there in the darkest nights of our life, Lord, that we would have these relationships that you've ordained. This is how you're going to love your sons and daughters is through your other sons and daughters. I love you, God. I'm thankful for all that you do on the cross. I pray as we remember that through communion today, um, that you would, that would just be a sweet aroma to you. And I pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.